Hi, I'm Maria Theohara Solvelo Sos on social media. Welcome back to Sober 50 Podcast on Soul Organized Style. Grab a cuppa and relax with us. On Soul Organized Style Podcast, I begin today by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record this podcast and pay respects to the elders past and present. Thanks for joining us on Sow Over 50 podcast on Sow Organised Style. Sow Over 50 intersects with all communities. We're a community that is so over ageism. Earlier this year, we had Ruth Collins who came on to talk about the Top Down Centre Out method. Now, she's the one who developed Top Down Centre Out and she continues to put up resources on her Instagram account to help people know how to fit pants for themselves. Then in October, we had Stacey Taylor, who is the Crooked Hen. She's now produced 11 videos on her YouTube channel to help people understand how to use the top-down center-out method. Today, we've got Miriam. She's invited us into her home to talk a bit more about what her involvement has been with top-down center-out method and Ruth Collins. You'll find Miriam at M-I-R-Z-Y-D-O-T-E-S on Instagram. Miriam, thank you for inviting me into your home today. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so pleased that you asked me to join you. Miriam, what's your sewing experience? Let's start from there. And then you can take us through what you've been doing with Ruth Collins and Top Down Center Out. Yeah. Okay. I don't actually know if 4-H is just an American thing or if it happens in other parts of the world. I have no idea. So talk about 4-H. What is that? It's a little bit like... Scouting, I guess, is an analogy, right. or maybe like a home ec kind of club. But the idea behind 4-H is much akin to another organization in the United States called Future Farmers of America. And it's this idea that from a young age, kids can participate in this collective experience of learning how to do life skills, like home ec type skills or raising livestock or breeding animals or showing horses. I did not do any of that because I was a townie. So I did things like I did presentations. So I actually learned a lot about public speaking as a young kid, doing demonstrations, kind of like the way you would see maybe in like the 70s and 80s, people who would show up at grocery stores and do demonstrations of like products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like really kind of kitschy this idea of like, I'm going to show you how to make pancakes or something because I'm going to sell you like this pancake mix. So I learned how to do a lot of public speaking. My mother was a 4-H'er. She grew up in Kansas, which is in like the true heartland of America. It's the very center. It's like wheat fields. And her father went to an agricultural school for his undergrad degree way back in the 30s. And being part of this community of people who are learning how to do and and making it in a way formal or like slightly professional, this idea of like learning how to do things in a very competent home or farm centric way. Okay. So in that space, I learned how to sew. And I learned how to sew from my mother, who is the most straightforward person I've ever met. Her sister actually went to college at Chico State in California for textile design. And she was an amazing seamstress. And she used to joke that my mom, if she picked out a pattern and like it was a green brocade dress, 
she could not make it in any other fabric than like green brocade. She just doesn't have that visual creativity. So when I learned how to sew, it was super practical. That's what the instructions said. And so that is what is going to happen. And as we all know from our Instagram community, so often those patterns actually have mistakes baked into them or what I would call kind of like clumsy construction methods, things that just make really bulky seams and there was a better way of doing it or Why did you insert that sleeve here when maybe you should have done it earlier? And so my first experience of sewing was fruitless. I remember making a lot of elastic waist pants and like bulky buttons, kind of buttoned down, very simple shirts, not even necessarily with a collar, more like a facing. I always thought that the problem was with me, that I picked bad fabrics or I just didn't understand the shape of my body or I needed better skills. I was just actually a poor sewist. And so that's why even as a kid, your super basic elastic waist cotton shorts, they never sort of like looked the way I thought they were going to. Yeah. And so even though I sewed quite a bit, Where I found joy in sewing was spontaneously cutting apart denim jeans in high school and making a weird little purse satchel thing and breaking all of the sewing needles, all my mom's sewing needles, which hilariously, the first time I broke one, I was like, she's going to kill me because I had never actually seen her change a sewing needle. I didn't know you should change. (laughs) So I thought when I broke one, it was like the end of the world. But overall, it was a lot of good learning because, you know, I learned how to read patterns. I learned how to cut fabric. But my real learning about sewing happened during graduate school. I have a PhD in English literature. And anybody who's been to graduate school knows that there's some like real dark days of feeling like it's never going to end and you have to find your hope on the horizon. And my hope was sewing patterns. I bought a lot of sewing patterns. Wow. And I didn't have time or space to actually sew. I just so desperately needed to put the light at the end of the tunnel for myself. And the Instagram community was a place where even though I couldn't sew because I was so busy, I lived in a small apartment. It just like wasn't in my life. I started to realize so much about what you could do with fabric and patterns and that there were indie patterns. I had no idea. Mm -hmm. And that there were things like full bust adjustments. I had no idea. And that is where the spark really came back to me. And I started realizing that I could think about this kind of in the way I thought about my studies in graduate school. I don't have to be helmed in by the instructions on the page. I can think creatively. I can think almost in like a method. I can test things. I can even be okay if things don't fit and I can see what I learned and like how to be better. And then when I finally graduated, I actually got to do it and it was like everything I hoped it would be. It's really been fun to be fully in my adulthood, able to spend money because I actually have a a job and like really see everything I learned from the sewing community on Instagram come to life and the things I'm able to sew now, which is such a contrast to my experience growing up. You've gone from being taught to just follow a pattern instructions. 
to now being able to look at what other people are doing and other ideas and coming up with workarounds and ways to make sure that what you envision actually comes to life through your own making. Yeah, exactly. It's really exciting. I love it. What made you decide to try the top-down center-out method? Shortly into my like, oh my gosh, I'm finally free of graduate school. I'm going to sew. My husband bought me a dress form because I wanted one. I thought this is going to be the way I get clothes to fit. Everybody says you need a dress form. That's how you get clothes to fit. Hmm. He bought it for me as a birthday present and I was so excited. So I went deep diving into YouTube. How do you make a dress form fit? Every person started out by saying to make a dress form fit. The number one thing you need is a bra that fits. I didn't have a bra that fit. I've never really had a bra that fit. I am a very busty. I'm very tall. I have a short torso. I have breast tissue that's very close together. All of the things about typical off-the-rack fitted bras didn't really work for me. There was always an issue, gapping or tissue coming out or poking out the sides. And sewing was actually, that was a space in my sewing excitement that I wanted to pursue. I was like, okay, I can't make this dress form fit because I don't have a bra that fits. So I'm going to make bras. And I signed up for the great bra sewing bee. I learned a ton. I made a million twalls of bras. I finally watched this video from the sewing bee where somebody described how to ensure that your underwire fits. And that was such a light bulb moment for me. Having somebody hold an underwire up to the underside of their breast tissue and talk intensely about how did they decide this fits and how does the shape work and how does the flexing work? Which ones flex more or less? I just had this light bulb moment where I was like, that's why none of my twalls have fit. Hmm. I've made all of these test bras, but none of those underwires are actually the shape I need. Another woman went through all of her underwires and she had this one that was flat on the bottom and it doesn't flex very much. And and she was like, I designed this for my larger breasted clients. I noticed that the really scooped ones don't fit. And as soon as I saw it, that's the shape of my breast tissue. That is the underwire I need. And I ordered some. And the first time I sewed up a bra, I made like no changes to the pattern, but I used that underwire and that bra fit me better than the 24 twalls I had made previously. Like I was determined to make a bra that fit. So I had this learning in my head that there is some key elements of fit and they can sometimes be really body specific and they aren't necessarily the thing that gets dug into the most. So a lot of times when people are fitting bras, they're talking about your band and your cup size. And yes, they do talk about the shape of underwires or how wide of a bridge you should have. Yeah. But this was even more specific to how my body shape is. And I needed that specificity to make the bra fit. With this nugget of understanding, like niggling away in my mind, when I came across Ruth's stories, first of all, I immediately knew she was a scientist. And I have like a deep love of people who are very into what it is that they are passionate about. I, it's like part of my professional career to be somebody who helps subject matter experts communicate. 
It's something that I did in graduate school a lot. And so when I saw Ruth's stories about top down, center out, I didn't actually immediately understand them, but I saw her stories about waistbands and I was like, this is it. This is the analogous moment to the underwire. With that light bulb, I was like, I have to know. I have to actually know how to do this method. But I wasn't understanding her stories. I was seeing her thought process and her investigation. And I was totally in love with all the visuals she was creating. It was coming to me in a way that was clearly I'm a talker, but I'm also a question asker. I love dialogue. It helps me just process. And I thought maybe I could convince her somehow to let me into her life a little bit because she's putting all of this out. She's clearly giving the sewing community a ton of time. So maybe there's something that I could give her and she would give me a little bit of time and like talk it through so that I could like write down notes and ask questions. So I reached out to her and I actually told her that I would be willing to record videos. Good. And I think that sell, she was like so excited by this, that I would record videos of it, which of course I've never done, but I have done like live. Good. She agreed to meet with me, my friend, Anne-Marie. She and I had a sewing date once a week and I was like, I can't give up Anne-Marie. So I snuck Anne-Marie into the call with Ruth. I was like, my friend is going to come. And we ended up talking for like something wild, like three hours or four hours. And we just like immediately started like having a Zoom call every week. But it was that concept of there is actually a key point in this garment on your body that if you get that thing to fit you the way you need, then other things can fit your body. But if you don't, fit that key point, that underwire or that waistband, you're not going to get there. It's the point that you need to make the rest of it shape around you. And I saw that. I knew Ruth was telling me what I needed to hear. I just needed to be able to dialogue with her about it, to understand it better. And I'm actually so lucky that she said yes, because now I dialogue with her about it like weekly. I I adore her and she's so generous and kind. Yeah, that's how I found Ruth. As much as that is a long story, the thing is you've actually explained why you've hooked into Top Down Center Out Method and how you're also helping Ruth communicate that too. I spent 10 years in graduate school working on my English PhD, nine of those 10 years. I worked in the writing center and a big part of being a writing tutor is not correcting grammar. (laughs) That's not what a writing tutor does. A writing tutor helps somebody understand how to take what the core idea is that they're trying to communicate and how to bring it out of their writing in the clearest way possible. And with all of that experience, helping engineers, law students, people in the school of medicine or people writing business dissertations. I have helped so many professors, graduate students, undergrads do this work. And I love doing this work. I love figuring out what somebody is really trying to say and then showing them how to make that come across as clearly as possible. It's so rewarding to see their own excitement about it. And as Anne-Marie and I talked to Ruth, Anne-Marie also came from my PhD program, She's so kind and she's so generous and 
everybody needs an editor. And so Anne-Marie and I were basically like, look, we adore you and we want to like make this the best it can be. Like, let us be your editors. Let us be your technical writers or even just a sounding board. And it helped, I think, her find that clarity of what are the key parts of the methodology? Like what makes it truly top down, center out? Mm. The last time I did a demo back in September, I actually made a PowerPoint slide deck that people have it as a, as a artifact of the demonstration. And we spent time, the three of us, just talking about there's so many nuances. You can go into all of the many, many, many details of each step. But what are the actual steps that make this methodology its own method? That clearing away the little winding paths of our own thoughts. That's what a good thought partner does. That's what a good editor does. It's really just been so enjoyable because you get to hear somebody's winding thoughts, which are always so interesting, but also help them get back on the path. It does. And, you know, now when Ruth talks about it or when anyone talks about it, it's got the five steps. And it's always starting at the waistband. Yeah, right. exactly. And it's much easier to talk about it when you're like, oh, there's five steps to this method, yep. as opposed to trying to explain the whole method in its entirety. You, you have the roadmap to how, to how to accomplish it. Okay. So now that we know how you've been helping Ruth, how have you been applying the top-down center out method for yourself? I've made quite a few pairs of pants, more pairs of pants in the last two years than I made in my entire life leading up. And I did not actually realize that about myself until this method. I wouldn't have just been able to tell you like, oh, I I avoid sewing pants. But it turns out I actually had been avoiding sewing pants. I just, I don't know. It just was like one of those things where I would think about making pants. I'd be like, how about a dress? How about a blouse? And I think it's because it was so frustrating to get them to fit. So I have made pants, but I think that the absolute key thing that Top Down Center Out has really actually had an impact on my sewing is this idea of how the intended fit of a garment and really, really, really striving to not overfit the Instagrammableness, (laughs) if I can make up a word, of sewing garments, you know, like, oh, I made this cool shirt. I'm going to take a picture of it and I can tag the maker. It starts to almost dilute the intended fit because everybody is actually making their own choices about fit as they're sewing. But then there's this sense that like all of them are the same pattern and you don't necessarily know what somebody did between finding the pattern and the final garments. And a lot of times people don't share that, which like, that's not a judgment. It's just a fact. Like that's a lot of involved information. And that's not really like my expectation of people. It's fun when people do it, but like, okay, so you didn't tell me all of the things that you did. That's fine. But that means that it's easy to get lost in what the garment quote unquote should look like on your body. And so I have found a lot of freedom of saying, you know what, the intended fit is in the original draft of the pattern. I have stopped overfitting my clothes in like really important ways. 
that has made it actually a lot easier to sew more often hmm. when you're not like, oh, first I have to do a full bust adjustment and then I'm going to need to change the shoulder slope and then I'm going to need to adjust the neckline. Like all of those adjustments take a lot of time. And so really embracing intended fit, making a twall. That's another one. Really making a twall, not just slapping it together or like holding the tissue up to my body and being like, oh, it seems like it's going to work. But just committing to a twall. And so I guess in a way, embracing the process of confirming my assumptions, making a twall, but adjusting very minimally, like really trying to decide if it needs an adjustment, not assuming adjustments are needed. Yeah, that's a good point. Rather than assuming just because you've done them on a whole lot of other patterns. It turns out that very, very small differences in draft actually have a very big impact on how the fabric flows around your body. Hmm. Saying like, well, I always do this adjustment, so I'm going to do it. You might have actually cut into something pretty important about the draft of the pattern. That also brings up for me how much I've learned from Ruth about the bias of a crotch curve. That bias cut that pulls on that fabric really offers so much shaping. And so the more you change the bias angle in the crotch curve, the more unintended outcomes there are. It's easy to no longer be able to look at the intended fit as demonstrated by the pattern drafter. Um, because you change something in that bias cut. Yeah, I make a twall now. I try not to make adjustments. And when I am wearing the twall as drafted, I really, really try to address, does it actually look the way it's intended? Not, do I like the way it looks? Because I can decide I don't and just not make the garment. Or I could make changes to it. But I start by asking is this, if I really stand here and look at it, the way it's intended to look? And that has been really actually enjoyable because now I feel like I'm sort of like communing with designers from like all kinds of generations and countries, the whole world of sewing patterns. You can make yourself your own Dior gown if you want to. And really embracing what the intended fit is, like that's kind of awesome. Is there anything more that you want people to understand about top-down, center-out? One thing that has been really eye-opening, fit is actually quite a contentious topic. And how you fit clothes and the choices you make and the sort of philosophy you approach with it, I've been quite, quite surprised by the emotions that people have expressed. Some of those emotions are around representation of bodies. Ruth is a small-bodied person. I'm not a small-bodied person, relatively speaking, but in the grand scheme of women's bodies in at least Western cultures, I'm probably like a mid-sized body. It's been surprising how much people are so certain that this method is only for a certain body type because Ruth is thin. Uh, yep. She couldn't possibly have truly considered or be considerate of larger bodies, or I've been told and she's been told that I'm not fat enough to demonstrate it as somebody outside of a size range, even though I am actually generally outside of the standard pattern company size ranges. What I had thought 
what happened when I decided to demonstrate the method for Ruth is that people would see, oh, it works on Ruth's size body. And then, oh, look, Miriam's body is like proportionally this much larger and it still works on her body. Oh my gosh, actually, you can scale this up. Look, at it works from A to B with that size jump, B to C, you can have another scalable jump and it will still hold fast. There's been a lot of skepticism about that. And I don't really understand exactly why. There's been a lot of, I'm sure I'm already excluded from this. I'm sure my body is actually asymmetrical. And so it won't work. I'm sure, literally name it. People get very upset at the idea of grading patterns, which again, I totally understand. But Ruth's method inherently needs you to do some grading, right? Because you add to the outseam, you add to the crotch height, you can grade the crotch curve quite easily. I've demonstrated that in my Zoom demonstrations. There's a lot of methods you can use to make that really painless. But somehow, some of those voices are really loud. And they're really loud at Ruth, which is somebody who really cares about Ruth, I find frustrating. Beyond the personal, what I see there is one, a lot of pain. People have a lot of pain around clothes on their body. There's so much damage that our culture does to us about how our bodies are quote unquote supposed to look and what conformity looks like and what health looks like. But people have pain around the feelings of their body shape. But if people could take anything away from this method, it's body agnostic. And there's something really freeing about that, about not being in a space where you have to pick your body apart to figure out why your pants don't fit Hmm. or how to get those pleats just right. Or why are my pockets gaping? And when you stop thinking about your flat butt or your shelf butt or your flabby butt or your like every version of how to describe a butt has been messaged to Ruth Collins. I'm not kidding. And those people have real anxieties. Those sewists are really anxious. Yeah. Because we are constantly told that our bodies aren't the right shape and there's something wrong with them. And so that ingrained belief, even the people who are most desperately trying to correct our cultural narrative around it. Mm -hmm. I think this conversation around like, it's not the right size body, or it's not the right shape of body, or it's not the right pattern to prove that the method works is actually really ingrained in this feeling like there's something uniquely wrong about my body. And so it's not going to work for my body, because if only you knew (laughs) that my hips are off from each other by a quarter of an inch or an inch, then you would know that it's not going to work. But the beauty of the method is that it is absolutely body agnostic. And you don't have to think about all of those nuances of the shape of your body. You fit the waistband. If you like it, you put on your one-legged twelve, And then you just move the fabric around until all of those fibers are draped over your body in the way that captures how you want the pants to look on you. And it's really freeing. I have never felt better about my body fitting clothes or putting on clothes than I have since learning this method. I've just worked on a pants pattern that 
worked on me three years ago. My shape has now changed. There's a lot more there than there was three years ago. Same. <laughs> right? But I love the design. And so the intended, the intended design of that pants pattern, I've now used top down, center out, done the adjustments and made it twice. And I've found that so freeing. So I agree with you. Yay. That's awesome. I love that. Like it almost brings tears to my eyes because how many pairs of jeans or pants have women left in their closets hoping beyond hope that someday they'll be the same size they were when they were 24. I've had two kids. I've had like quite a few medical issues. I've worked remotely, so I'm very sedentary. I don't walk around an office building. There's so, so, so many absolutely normal reasons that my body is not the shape it was when I was 18, 24, 26, 28, 30. You know, I try really hard to not carry that internal narrative with myself about like, I wish I was thinner or I wish I could lose this weight or whatever. Um, But it's really hard. And it's even harder when you put on clothes that don't fit. Mm -hmm. This method has made me feel like that's just not in the cards for me. I don't have to put on clothes that don't fit. I don't have to worry that after I cut my nice fabric and spend all that time that they're not going to fit. I know that they fit and I didn't need to obsess about why I don't fit in the number size that I wish I quote unquote wish I fit into. And the other thing that's awesome about it is just like you said, you made two pairs of pants. You fit it once, you made two pairs of pants. When my kids run up to me with their greasy little chocolate covered fingers, yes, I still get upset about it. But (laughs) in the back of my mind, I'm like, it's fine. I can make another pair. (laughs) If I gain five pounds, I can make another pair. If I lose 10 pounds, I can make another pair because it is not a mystery to me anymore how to make a pants pattern fit. And I don't have to be married to just that one that I finally got to have fit. And now that is the pair of pants that I make Yeah, and I can't lose or gain weight. Instead, I just say like, no, I have my five steps. I have the confidence to fit a waistband, make a one-legged twall and embrace the process of deciding how I want that fabric to look on me. And I will make another pair of pants. It is fine. That's right. It is fine. It is fine. And it did not used to feel fine before. No, not at all. I feel really, really lucky to be sewing clothes for myself at this moment with Ruth providing this insight and enlightenment about pants. Earlier, I mentioned my aunt who is an amazing seamstress. For example, remember I was saying like, you can wear designer clothes now. She actually sewed me an Oscar de la Renta wedding dress from a Vogue pattern. I found. I mean, it's stunning. And her skills are fantastic. She can make couture clothes. But when I was describing this fitting method, she was like, I have never heard of fitting pants like that. She is like flat pattern adjustment. You follow the cut lines and the pattern and It's a totally two-dimensional decision-making for three-dimensional outcomes. And if a pattern doesn't go up to your size, well, you probably could grade it, but who knows? But this method, even she was like, that's amazing. Who knew there was another way of thinking about fitting pants where you don't have to drape them on a body that doesn't just conform to the pattern? Because otherwise... 
that's how she would have made pants. She would have draped it on you. And, and I just feel like that's amazing. Even my aunt who's almost 80 has learned something new about pants fitting from this method. (laughs) So before we wrap it up, where would you advise listeners go to, to learn more about the top down center out method? Definitely Stacy of the Crooked Hem. Her videos are fantastic. Her explanations are phenomenal. Ruth, her stories are very, you go with her. She's telling you a story. Stacy's demonstrating a method. Ruth is deep diving in the thinking with you. She's trying to pull pictures that are visually compelling that complement this thought process that she's on. I love the one of the Arc de Triomphe covered in fabric. Who would have looked at that picture and thought, that has things I can learn about pants fitting in it? But Ruth Collins does because she's an inquisitive mind of a scientist, always finding you know nuggets of truth and interesting data points. But her Instagram stories are much more that unfolding thought process. I think some people go to those stories and they're expecting instructions. And before I did my demo and before Stacy made their videos, that, that feeling of being flustered by not just getting directions from Ruth, I think caused a lot of people to start having conversations about it's just a mood. People felt resistance because they were expecting just instruction. And Ruth is thinking, she's giving us glimpses into this train of thought of somebody who looked at something people have been doing the same way for a really long time and saw it in a completely new way. Whether it's pants fitting or building cars, I think that's an amazing thing that somebody can show up in a space that everybody else is sort of like, well, this is just the way we do it. They can think about it in a totally new way. That is amazing. So when you go to Ruth's stories, I would definitely say enjoy it as participating in her train of thought and like watching that kind of inquisitiveness unfold. And you can learn so much from it if you're willing to sit with it as a story and a train of thought. But if you're like, I just really need to know what you do with this waistband, Go to Stacy's YouTube. She has great videos on it. Her recent stories on Instagram and the complimented YouTube about the machines, so good. So good. I have learned so much about denim. I have learned so much about yokes. I demonstrated jeans fitting in one of my live demos, but she's really taken it to like a whole depth that is fascinating. And I just feel like more than ever, I'm like, yes, intended fit is where you want to go. Like somebody has designed that pant that you're looking for. And I think that's really what Stacy's stories are getting at. There's all kinds of options out there. And I, I just love watching her explain things. It's it's fascinating. It is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Miriam, thank you so much for making sure people understand that there is a mountain of information out there, both from Ruth herself and from Stacey, that people can go to, to make sure that they feel comfortable to try the top-down centre-out method. Yeah. I also want to say, just as a parting thought, people don't have to do this. This method opens up a lot of doors for thinking about how pants fit on your body. 
in possibly ways that you haven't had an opportunity to think of because of all of the body part specific adjustments that have been mainstream conversation for so long. But wear the clothes you want to wear in the shape you want to wear them with the fabric you want to make them in. That's the beauty of sewing. If this method isn't the thing you want to do, you don't need to try it. It's one opportunity in a world of opportunities. And that's the beautiful part about the sewing community is there are people everywhere doing all kinds of different things, making all kinds of choices about what they want to put on their bodies, what kind of fabric they want to wear, why they choose what they choose. And this is just one of those options. And we sometimes forget that. What you want it to be is what it should be. It doesn't need to be anything other than that. If this method helps you get to that place, that's amazing. But if you don't want to use this method, then that is definitely where you should be. Miriam, thank you so much for coming on to Savvy 50s podcast and for just talking us through your experience with Top Down Center Out method. Thank you. This was so fun. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank you. This episode of Savvy 50 podcast or So Organized Style was produced by me, Maria Thea Harris, with permission of Miriam, sound by bensound.com. Listeners, if you want to provide a guest post for Sober 50, make sure you direct message Judith and Sandy at the Sober 50 account on Instagram. Also, keep an eye out for the next So 50 Live event that Bird and Molly are hosting. Remember, these Sober 50 Live events will always be available on the Sober 50 account. You can subscribe to Soul Organized Style Podcast, but with an S not a Z on all good podcast apps. Make sure you go back and listen to our free So Over 50 podcast archive. And if you can, consider supporting the production of this podcast on Patreon so I can keep producing it for you. We look forward to joining you in your sewing room next time. Stay safe, everyone.